Blessings, everybody. It's me, Essence, and I'm back with another episode of Bible Study. I'm so happy that you chose to join me for today as we study the Word of God. So if you are new to Bible Study, what this is, is me sharing what God's revealed to me through his scripture and dispelling the myth that the Bible is boring because it definitely is not. So we have been in the study. We started. I am spilling the tea on the Word of God, letting you know all that really went down in the word, according to the word. Okay. And so as I dive into the word, um, in my study time, God reveals some stuff to me and then I share it with you. And I try to explain it in a way that it's easy to understand as God gives it to me, giving you my personality and just trying to be authentic with it all. Okay. And so I hope you're enjoying Bible study. If it's your first episode, then welcome. My name is Essence. I'm the mama of two babies. Um, Honor, he's four. And Hunter, she's two. And I'm married to my fine husband, man, Leonard. And we also have a podcast called Love and Honor. And it focuses on marriage, parenting, and life in general, just Christian living. Okay. Um, Also, if you haven't already, my ask is that you like, share, and subscribe. Add a comment if Holy Spirit reveals something to you and hit that notification bell so that when we, well, when I go um, release a new episode, you are made aware. Okay. So if you haven't been here before, I start out with prayer and then we're going to get into the word. Just so you're aware, this is not like I haven't been doing Bible study for all that long. And so I'm still finding my gripping and finding like the best way that I feel that God is um, allowing me to deliver it. So I may jump around as far as like the way that I deliver whatever it is that he gives me to deliver, but I'm figuring out, figuring it out. So if you have a way that you're like, oh, I like better. I like it when you do this better versus that you can let me know. I'll pray about it. And then whatever God says goes. And that is my goal is to share whatever God gives to me and hopefully we can grow together. Lastly, okay, so this is all the housekeeping. So lastly, um, I started this Bible study group on Facebook. So you are more than welcome to join. It's Bible S-T-U-D-T-E-A because I'm spilling the tea on the word of God. And so if you search Bible study on Facebook, the group should come up and then um, I'll add you to it. All right, so let's get into it. So before I start, um, I'm going to pray and then we'll move forward. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, I pray that you have your way in every study that we do. I pray that whoever is supposed to hear this message hears it. I pray that you have your way in our lives. I pray that it is all you and your message that goes forward. And I'm just, I pray that you allow me to be obedient in delivering that. And I pray it's all you and not me, Lord God, um, give me whatever it is that you've given me to share. And I pray that it's just a blessing to any person who hears it. I know it's been a blessing to me. So continue to have your way and allow us to live a better life for you. In Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen. Hi, hi, hi. Okay. So Today we are in Genesis 12 and we're starting in verses 10 through 20. Last episode, we did Genesis 12 um, verses one through nine. And to date or thus far, that has been like one of my faves just because of where I'm at in my life. And I feel like God is like revealing all these things through his word. And so, of course, I know that's going to be like throughout the Bible, you know, however, I have just been like in the places that I am talking to you guys about. Like that has been where I'm at currently. And that is so amazing how God is. Like he knows how to deliver a message to you that will hit you exactly where you're at, get your attention 
or to evoke change or at least get your attention so that you know that there's something that needs to be done differently. And how can we do all things through Christ who gives us strength? So I'm giving glory to God and let's get into this word. So I always encourage anybody who is studying the word of God, whether you're doing it in a Bible study or at church or on your own, read the Bible for yourself. Never take anyone's word for it. That goes for me, your pastors, whomever, any biblical teachers, you need to know what the Bible says, because if you don't know what the word says, anyone can say anything. If you don't know what it says for yourself, how will you build a firsthand relationship with God? You can't because then you don't know his character. You don't know him for yourself. You know him through a third party. Like I can say, I know someone famous. It doesn't matter who um, all day and night because I see what the media puts out there or I'm always on their social media. But until I have an actual relationship with them or I'm talking to them for myself, I don't really know them. And it's no different with God. If you're not spending time in the Bible, spending time in the word to see what he's talking about and to see like his character, his traits, like the traits of Jesus and the things that um, God reveals as far as promises go, you won't know that he has promises for your life. You won't know the character that he has, how he's never changing, how he doesn't need to lie because he's not man, like he's beyond that, right? And so that's why I encourage each of us to dig deep into the word for ourselves. It's always great to study with others and everything, but you can't just take a person's word for it. You have to get into the Bible yourself. So we're in Genesis 12. I encourage you to read it on your own if you haven't already and always be prayerful and have quiet time with God so that he can reveal to you what he's doing in the word. Okay. And I pray that whatever way that you study the word is just effective. Okay. And then if there's other ways that would be more effective, I pray that he reveals us to all of us. Okay. So let's start. So Genesis 12, Abram in Egypt, this is 10 through 20 verses 10 through 20. And that's where we're going to start. Okay. So I'm going to read, talk a little, read, talk a little, and then I'm going to share um, points that really stuck out, stood out that I feel like God was really saying something in. Of course, he's saying something throughout his whole word. However, I'm going to share what he gave me when I was studying. Okay. So let's get started. So Genesis 12, verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there for a famine was severe in the land. So at this point, remember in verse 12, um, I'm sorry, in chapter 12, verses nine, seven, eight, nine, I believe um, the few verses before we know that um, Abram is pitched. He pitched a tent between Bethel and Ai. And so that's where he's at currently. And then he built an altar and he's praying to God and he's like, Hey God, like, what do you want me to do? What's next? And so now after he's like seeking God, I don't know the time frame that, you know, comes in between this, but now there's a famine in the land and they are caused to keep moving, like to, to make some moves. Remember earlier in um, chapter 12, God told, Mo, uh, I'm sorry, Abram, to leave his family, leave his country, to leave his father's house and to go to a place that he's going to show him. So Abram's out there doing his thing, being obedient to God with no direction. Like he has guidance, but he doesn't know where he's going, but he's stepping out in faith and being obedient. 
So now he seeked God. He um, was like, okay, God, like what's next? And now there's a famine in the land. Many of us will look at that some kind of way and be like, what? Now there's a famine. I'm over here being obedient to you. And now there's a famine and we'll get into that. However, that's where Abram's at. Abram is like, we have to make moves because now there's a famine in the land. And it said it was a severe famine. And so that means that they have their scarcity. There's not enough food. They have to move. Like they can't just stay where they're at because it's drying up. So it came to pass, this is verse 11. I'm going to read 11, um, 11 through 13 now. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will see, say, this is his wife and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, this, that it may be well with me for your sake and that I may live because of you. So basically, Abram's wife, Sarai, who later becomes Sarah, she's fine. She's super beautiful. And he's like, you are so beautiful that when we get to Egypt, this is what's going to happen. And this is what I need you to say. So, yeah, you're my wife. However, when we get to Egypt, you tell these Egyptians for my life that you are my sister and she complies. So verses 14. So it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. So here it is happening exactly how Abram said it was going to happen. Now, remember, he did seek the Lord before going on this journey. Um, the What it means when it says the princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. I looked that up because I was like, what does that mean? It means that they were really like pumping her up to Pharaoh. They were speaking very highly of her and being like, there could be some benefit of her being in your court for you being with her. Um, you need to see her. We want to bring her to you. We see a benefit in this. And so Pharaoh must have been like, all right, let's do this. So the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, and male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. So what occurred was because Pharaoh was filling Abram's wife, Sarai, he started give, pouring out all these gifts. He started gifting Abram all this stuff. And you know, it was because he liked Sarai. He was interested in Sarai. He had his eye on Sarai. Okay. And so he was giving him sheep and oxen. Now, these are things that when you have these things, you have wealth. So he was being blessed, even though he was over there kind of living in a lie. He was being blessed by the Pharaoh and Pharaoh had no idea that he was married to her. He thought it was his sister. So in his mind, he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to give him all these gifts to show that I really favor this woman. So verse 17, but the Lord plagued Pharaoh in his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife, regardless of the storyline, God was not having that. Okay. He could have did it sooner, but he chose to do it now after Abram received all these blessings and gifts. He was like, uh-uh, this is not how it's going to go down. And, um, he's, he plagued Pharaoh and Pharaoh's home. So that's like his, his, all his stuff. It was plagued. It was like cursed. It was just, this is not the way that things are supposed to be. God does not play when it comes to marriage. So verse 18 and Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me 
that she was your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? I might've taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here's your wife, take her and go your way. So he's like, look here, look what you did. I'm over here with honest intentions for this woman. And you didn't even let me know that she was your wife. Why wouldn't he, you even give me the opportunity to know that she was your wife, even though we know why, because we were, we have like insight on the conversation. Like Pharaoh didn't want, Pharaoh, Abram didn't want to lose his life, but Pharaoh felt betrayed. And he was like, get out of here. He didn't take his stuff back, but he was like, you need to go take your wife and go. So Pharaoh commanded verse 20, excuse me. So, um, Pharaoh, this is verse 20. Okay. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him and they sent him away and his wife and all they had, excuse me, and all that he had. So Pharaoh wasn't playing when he found out that she was Abram's wife. He said, take your wife and go take your things out of here. And perfect timing for God, right? And so that's all it is for verses 10 through 20. So let's dig in. As you know, I have my notes, so I will be looking down, but let's see some things that stuck out with this passage. And I know it wasn't long, but every week doesn't have to be a long message, but let's dig in and let's talk about it. So in the previous episode, like I said before, it ended with Abraham, Abram traveling. He becomes Abraham. He's traveling South. He pick, it pick verse 10 picks up with there being a famine in the lands causing him to go to Egypt. God revealed to me when I was studying that this passage, um, that sometimes him directing our path or moving us along to the land or place or thing that he will show us is done by drying up a place, right? Or drying up a source. Um, I've been in a season in my life where the situation or the circumstance became barren all of a sudden, or it's be, it's become uncomfortable, or I'm no longer content in that place. Whatever was working for me is no longer working for me. Or I see that whatever, you know, situation that I'm in is just, it's just not it anymore. And this is exactly what's happening with Abram. We don't know why sometimes like God takes us through certain things or why when situations look like they're really like working out for us, all of a sudden they're not. And there's like not even an explanation why, but it is the situation that it is. We need to know that God is active and working even in those situations. We sometimes write it off and we're like, Lord, what is going on? Why is this so hard? Why am I dealing with this? And God could be using that thing that he dried up, that source in order to set us up to be blessed, because that's exactly what happened in the word. In those moments, we may not even realize exactly what God is doing. We start getting discomfort. We experience discomfort or being uncomfortable. And then those things are drawing. And God is what he's doing is drawing up whatever it is that we need to move on for. Sometimes we will not make moves unless the situation dries up. Maybe you can relate. You're in a season of overflow or contentment. Things are going well and all, or even just all right, whatever. And then suddenly, or even gradually things begin to change. All of a sudden things are not the same. Everything's not lucrative. Like it was before discomfort starts to set in or that overflow is just, it dries up or starts to, and you know, that something has to change. You have to make moves. You are no longer content or sustained where you are. And it's time to do something different. 
that should be a sign. That should be like a flag. We should be like, whoa, this sounds familiar. This is what God does. He dries up something when it's time to make moves. Instead of being like, oh, woe is me. Cause I mean, I'm guilty. I've been there before where I'm like, Lord, what is happening? But God is like, no, this is part of my plan. This is part of whatever it is that I need to do. I need to set you up to be blessed. And it won't happen unless you experience this without the famine, the severe famine, Abram may not have gone the direction he went to Egypt to end up being blessed by Pharaoh. That discomfort, that very change in circumstance can be the very thing needed for God to get our attention. So we will make those moves. This is an eye opener for me. And hopefully for you, our faith for God, he loves us so much that he will allow things to not work out temporarily so that we can experience blessings and favor and protection and guidance and whatever else it is that we need to receive. Things can be uncomfortable. It doesn't mean God's not there. Things are sometimes uncomfortable because God is like, no, they need to be uncomfortable because you've been talking about making these moves for years. If they're not uncomfortable now, and if you don't experience something drying up, you'll never step out in faith and you'll never trust me. Remember, God knows best. This is not an us thing, like personal to us because we've messed up, although there's times that that is the case. But this is a situation where God is like, look, this is what's needed for me to show you what I have for you. This is what's needed for me to bless you the way that I desire to bless you. And so sometimes unknowingly being led closer to where he is going to show us because that promise in the beginning that he gave to Abram and where he was like, okay, go out and do what I'm telling you to do. And I will show you means that Abram does not yet know even where he's going, but he's obediently stepping out in faith. And a lot of the times that's what we need to do. We need to obediently step out in faith and trust God and know that he's got us regardless of what the situation looks like. Even if everything is drying up. Even if the money's not money or it's not doing what it's supposed to do, it's not enough. Even if that relationship that we had that wasn't built on the foundation of God in the first place is starting not to work out or like maybe, you know, a relationship as far as friendships go, that seems like it's just not where it was. Like God is doing something. It doesn't mean he'll, he won't bring you back to something. Maybe you need to be prepared for something. Maybe you need to leave that situation to go be blessed and come back to it. You never know. But what we do know is if God says do something, we need to step out in faith, even if we don't see the result of it. So this is an amazing example of Romans 8, 28. And it says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. This confirms with not only scripture, but real life examples, according to Abram's life, right? And seen in his journey, how we go through life. So all things work together. This famine is no different. The severe famine where there was a shortage of food, this worked together for God's purpose. This works together for the good. This worked together in Abram and his, he was able to be blessed through this severe famine because that caused him to leave the situation or the place that he was to go somewhere else to experience the blessing. So when something is unfavorable and seems like a problem, just know that God is using whatever that perceived issue, famine, storm, or whatever it is in our life as a setup to better align or position us closer 
to our purpose. Even when Abram passes his wife off as his sister, he, he obtained favor from Pharaoh on behalf of his wife. Now, I may not necessarily have agreed with his approach, you know, because it just seemed like a scary move to me, <laughs> but Ab on Abram's part, he did seek God before he moved forward on that journey. So he knew exactly what was going to happen before it even happened. And so he could have been moving and operating within the wisdom of God. He could have been obedient to God, even though to an outsider, a person who God did not speak to in that moment, does not know what God said for him to do because the word doesn't tell us, but he knew exactly what was going to happen. And he handled it according to how he felt it was going to be handled. Everything that he said would come to pass came to pass so it sounds like he had revelation you know he was able to call it out and then it it happened and so god is with us god is direct directing our paths even if we don't know the outcome and honestly these past episodes and studying genesis has really opened my eyes and allowed me to even pray differently like my prayer has um, I have a prayer that I do every morning now. And one of the parts in the prayer is saying, Lord, thank you so much. I'm going to paraphrase. because I don't know exactly the exact verbiage that's that I wrote, but it's like, Lord, thank you so much for the things that you're doing to protect me and guide me. And I trust you in spite of me not knowing because you are still blessing and covering me and my family and those around me, even though I don't know the outcome, even though um, I don't know what will be. However, because you're God and you know, it's enough and I trust you anyway. So God allowed Abram to benefit and obtain blessings and favor from Pharaoh. And God stepped in and, and cut it off before Pharaoh did anything like to, you know, violate, um, Abram's marriage, Abram and Sarai's marriage. So Pharaoh and, and his home experiences all these plagues then Pharaoh comes to the realization that Sarai is Abram's wife. Now, it doesn't go into detail of how he finds out, but he finds out and he is not happy about it. He's like Abram. He calls for Abram. Abram comes and he's like, look, like you didn't even give me an opportunity. You didn't tell me that this was your wife. You didn't. What if I would have married her? What if I would have done anything like how dare you bring these plagues upon me? Take your wife and go. Now, he could have been more brutal with it, but that shows you the protection that God has upon him. It's so interesting to me because this, like in a situation where you've done something or said something or deceived someone, or um, even if you're operating, you know, operating in the will of God, whatever it is that you've done. And now a person is mad at you and is like, kicking you out. That's kind of scary. You'd be like, man, like I was in a, this was a good thing, but it's still a good thing because God still favored Abram in spite of the situation and the circumstance. It looks like a setup actually. Like when you dive into this and you really like look at it, you're like, wow, God allowed Abram to be blessed in a time where, where he was staying, there was severe famine where, where in that place, it was like a lack and it was a drought and there was not enough food. Now he's being blessed with overflow. He's being given oxen and cattle and all these things that he would have to make him him even more wealthy he's being blessed in the midst of famine yes he went somewhere else but he was being led by God if you notice Abram does seek God before moving forward with um his steps so even this has God all in it Abram being kicked out before Pharaoh tries anything with Sarai like God knew exactly where to God was with him the whole way but he stepped in also at the perfect time 
So don't think that God is going to lead you somewhere and abandon you. God has us. He's not leaving us so he can first, he's not leading us a place to forsake us. God is leading us where he is going to guide us through. He's not leaving us anywhere. And we have to remember that we are never alone. God's timing is perfect. He's on God's time, not our time. Our time will miss marks. Our time will be what we think it should be in our limited knowledge. But in his God knowledge, he knows when to step in and when to bless us and when to give us the things that we need, want, desire, or what's best. And so, you know what, you know, like in our lives, timing seems one way. And just remember, God's timing is always perfect. So whether a lucrative situation ended suddenly or whatever ended, the fact that it ended needs to be a sign that this ending gives room and makes way for a new beginning. Don't think the end of a thing is it unless God is like, no, we're done with that. But he's not just ending it. He is opening another door of opportunity and giving you a, another path. He's giving you an opportunity to move forward and do something new. So take that new beginning. Let's not, it's hard to not dwell on the things. And sometimes God will bring us back to something, but he'll bring us back with the new minds, a new view or outlook on it. So we have to trust him. And I feel like that is like the underlying message thus far. We are in Genesis 12, but ever since Genesis one and two, I'm telling you, there has been no lack of consistency. God is making provisions every step of the way in every single story, every single situation, every single um, thing that we're reading, every um, example that we have of these individuals. God has been present for every single step of the way. God has been in the storms. God has been in the drought or the famine. God has been in the situations where there was like murder, God has always been present. And so for us to think that God is not present because maybe we can't feel or hear him because maybe, you know, we've done so much that we feel like we are so far from him doesn't mean that God is not there. God is still there, but we may not be able to hear him or see him in certain things. The further we allow sin, when we allow sin to get in the way and we allow it to push us further and further away. All we have to do, I think, you know, sometimes it's like a mindset, like in our minds, we believe that God doesn't hear our prayers or, or we're not in alignment with God. So therefore he's not with us, but God is present and he wants us to be closer to him. But we are the ones who drive the wedge there. We allow sin to come in. We, we feel guilty for things that we've done. And then we won't spend time with him. We won't ask for forgiveness. We won't repent and turn away from the things that we were doing and make better decisions and change those things so that we can, you know, get things right with him. Instead, we'll be like, oh, he's not going to hear me. He's not going to forgive me. Or we just have guilt. If you are experiencing guilt or you're experiencing that you are just too far gone because of things that you've done in your life, that is not true. That is a lie from the enemy. You need, I need, we need to pray and give those things to God. And if you are struggling with that, or if you feel like, man, I can't even pray. He's not going to hear me. Or you feel so guilty that you feel like you don't, he don't deserve to be heard. Pray anyway. Those are the times we need to really press through. We need to really press harder and be like, Lord, I need you. I feel so distant right now. I've done, lay down the list of what you've done. 
forgive me. I lay it at your feet. That is not me. That will not define me, Lord. I'm leaving those things. I'm giving them to you now. And I'm allowing you to make me new. Come into my life. Make me whole. Help me to really focus on you and make you Lord over my life. Help me to know you more deeply. Help me to really seek you and find you. So we have to make sure that we're trusting God in spite of anything that we've ever done because God is a faithful God. And like I said, no matter where we started in the word, I mean, we're in, verse, in chapters 12 now. God has been faithful, consistent, and a provision maker, provision, a way maker the entire time. And this is no different. So this helps me see the importance of God being Lord over our everything over our everything we have to know that he's not just lord over this situation or that he is either lord over your life or he's not it's this or it's nothing so our whole life because he's lord over our whole life because he knows best and he knows all we need to make him lord over all those things he knows where we need to get and make straight our paths to help us get there. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he he shall direct your paths. God's got us. I keep saying it because every single thing that we have studied thus far only supports that God's got us. Even when we sometimes choose the incorrect way, our God will make straight our paths. Why? His word says so, and God does not lie. I said it before, and I will say it again. God makes provisions. He is definitely our way maker who was with us through the storms, the valleys, and the mountaintops. So whether it's our highs or our lows, God is present. He is directing our paths. And if we trust him in making him Lord over our lives, he's got us. If you haven't already chose Christ, this is the best decision you could ever make in your life. God is beyond amazing. He can show us his faithfulness. He shows us his faithfulness in his presence all the time. Um, in the midst of storms, he shows us his faithfulness and presence in the midst of trouble, in the midst of our questioning, in the midst of our doubts. He always shows us that he is with us. He is an on-time God and he is faithful. Even in a situation where it's like, he's not here. It doesn't appear that he's here. I'm experiencing all this hard stuff. So he can't be here. It's not true. He's there. But sometimes we need to go through those things. That's why God is not just a regular person like us. And he's God. He knows best. Because I know and when stuff be getting hard, I'd be ready to be like, man, forget this. Retreat. But that's not our God. God is like, no, you have to experience these hard things. Because not only am I with you and I got you and I'm strengthening you, but you have to go through this so that you can be the best version of you that I need you to be. You need to be prepared for the opportunities I have coming your way. And if you're not being faithful and you're not trusting me and you're not believing and you're not moving forward and you're not hearing my voice and you can't recognize it, how can I do a work in you? I don't, me essence, I, I don't want to repeat the same situations, go through the same circles over, same cycles over and over again, because I can't get it. Like I want to get it the first time. And if me, and this is what I'm learning and this is what I knew, but I'm experiencing. If me 
having to deal with hardship will help me get to the place that God's showing me that has, I have not seen, or I do not know where I'm going yet, then I need to be obedient and step out in faith and trust him because I know that's better than anything I've experienced thus far. I know what God has for me, the opportunity he has for me, what he's taking me through is molding me. That's how we get wisdom through experience, right? We seek wisdom. We seek God and ask him to reveal truths to us. We ask him to direct our paths and he'll show us little pieces to get us to where he has us to go. I want to be obedient in that way where I'm trusting God in spite of what I see. I want to know that God's got me regardless of what a situation looks like. And that's how we get that peace that surpasses all understanding because we are trusting God differently. We're trusting him even when the situation does not appear trustworthy. When it looks like everything is falling out beneath us, God is like, I got you. I'm going to come up here and I'm going to have you and I'm going to show you that you are not you are beyond more you are beyond important you are more important than the situation that you're in I'm covering you this is something that's needed but it's temporary God's never left us in a situation and this is no different no matter what you're going through God will not lead you and even though we don't know the outcome we know well in this we know but even though you may not know the outcome and i may not know the outcome of what he's doing in our lives know that god has a plan and purpose for our life and he is doing what he needs to do to get us where he wants us to be and where he's designed us to be so sometimes it's not easy sometimes it causes things to dry up sometimes we have to be in a situation where we're kicked out but god will get the glory god will allow you to be blessed if you let him have his way He'll bless you even if you don't, but allow him to have his way because he knows what's best for us. So that's been another episode of Bible study until next time. Next episode, we will cover Genesis 13 when Abram inherits Canaan. So I encourage you to read it in advance if possible. And we'll see you next time as we talk about Genesis 13. Please like, share, subscribe, comment, and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when a new episode of Bible Study drops. I hope you got something from that. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I hope you are encouraged to dive into the Word and read Genesis 13 so we can go over it next week. You guys stay blessed, and I'll see you next time. Bye.